If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. John Paz. With me, as always, is the star of the show, former WWE World Tag Team Champion and eight-time Smoky Mountain Wrestling Tag Team Champion, one of the greatest trainers in professional wrestling history, the Doctor of Desire, Tom Pritchard. Tom, how are you doing today? JP, I am doing tremendous today, and I hope it carries on wherever I go. I'm trying to spread good news in the world today, you know? <laughs> uh, I love Thank it. You. Now, recently, recently, before we kind of get into topics and different things like that, obviously, JPWA is doing well. You're the head trainer. What's been going on down there lately? Well, we just actually – here's the great thing about uh, wrestling school. You never know what's going to happen. And we just had our first uh, session for 2020 begin this last Monday – and, uh, you know, it's one of those things uh, that you can never be too sure of. But I don't feel, I feel very confident 
uh, that we're going to we're going to be just fine. It, it sometimes you get a lot of people. Sometimes you don't get a lot of people. Guess what? This time we didn't get a lot of people. We got two guys, and then one guy had to quit after the uh, first night. So we still have some people coming from last uh, last year's classes, and and we're going to make this session pretty special in in highlighting and uh, working with our one student whose name is Silas Mason. That's his real name. And he's already been wrestling for about four years. Uh, and uh, that's what's been going on this past week. We just had a, a great uh, skull session today. And uh, that's that's about it. We're, we're, uh, we're doing that. Seamus just put out his Celtic Warrior workout that he did with us right before Christmas. And, uh, of course, we're getting a lot of feedback from this podcast. So uh, 2020 is looking good so far, and this past week has been uh, uh, pretty cool. We look forward to the next 12 weeks. I think we're going to change. No, I know we're going to change a few things up, but uh, 2020 is going to be a another growing year for us, and I'm looking forward to it. What was going, going on with Seamus going on? I mean, it's pretty cool. You get current WWE stars showing up, and, you know, you, they get to kind of share some experiences they've had with Dr. Tom. Yeah, well, Seamus just called me up, and he was looking for uh, – uh, he, he was looking to come back, and he wanted to get back in the ring. He hadn't been in the ring in over uh, seven months. So right before Christmas, he, he came in and filmed it for his Celtic, Celtic Warrior workout. And uh, we sp- he spent the whole day with us and uh, uh, just just wanted to put it up and, and wanted to plug the school, wanted to give us some publicity, which was very very nice of him. And and uh, that was that was it. We went out to eat and uh, talked about old times and talked about uh, new times and, and the future. And uh, so it was great. Yeah, new new stars, old uh, current stars. And people who uh, I've known from for many years have, have called me up and want to stop by and want to see what we have going on. So uh, whether we have one student or a hundred and one students, uh, we're going we're gonna to train, and w- whoever stops by, they're going to be fortunate enough to uh, uh, get something that uh, those who didn't want to join are missed out on. So that's what's going on. We're, we're very fortunate to to have that going on with us right now. Yeah, it's always interesting kind of to check Twitter and you see Seamus pumping it up. You see Natalia saying she remembers some great stuff. Uh, Kofi saying some nice things about you. It's always a good thing, right? Always a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, we've, we've been very fortunate. I'm always happy when uh, uh, somebody calls me up and wants to stop by and, and just either get in the ring, roll around, or stop by and say hello and, uh, uh, anybody that, that is with JPWA is going to benefit. And, uh, my gosh, how can that not, how can that not help to have somebody there who's been there, done that, uh, currently been there, done that, uh, who's achieved great success many, many times over and, uh, be right there in your midst, if you will, to be able to ask questions and, uh, get real answers. So, yeah, it's great. Now, this episode today, we want to talk about your training, but not so much your training with JPWA or what's going on right now, but your training back in 1998 of a not-so-young 52-year-old Vincent Kennedy McMahon. 
as he stepped into the squared circle and he was about to face Stone Cold Steve Austin. What was kind of your thoughts when you first hear this going on? It's like, um, I'm going to have to wrestle. That's what the storyline kind of calls for. Uh, I'm the biggest heel in the company. I need to be trained. Well, what was going on in my mind is uh, this is just going to be um, a, a, a couple days of Vince getting in there and going over what he needs to go over, and we're going to be done with it. But lo and behold, uh, Vince took this uh, very seriously. And um, he he was in there multiple days. On of course, this was after TV and after working hours a lot of times too. Uh, he he would be in there and he wanted to feel a bump. He really wanted to get in there and, and get a good sweat, get a good workout. Uh, so I, I initially, again, I thought it was just going to be a couple days and that was it. But it turned into, I, I believe, as soon as we found out, was it uh, maybe two months before? I, I can't really remember the exact time that we worked out for this first match, but I know we also worked out later on for his other matches too. So that was actually a, a, a pretty cool time because I I uh, was living in Stanford and we had all hours, all hours of the day, and we, we just, uh, all hours of the day to work out. Let me say that. Sometimes it would be in the afternoon if uh, he didn't have meetings, and sometimes he would call uh, for a 6.30 meeting and not show up until 10. But uh, it, it was always exciting. It was always, uh, it was always great to be in that environment because I, I, I'm thinking, of all the places I could be right now, I'm right in the heart of the the biggest company in the world here with the, the owner of the company going through things that we are talking about in this match, just walking through the match, knowing it's going to change, but just coming up with ideas and, and uh, going through it. Um, that, that was, that was very, very cool. And of course I know there's, there's stories out there and they're all true. Vince wasn't always the most most athletic guy in the world when it came to the ring, <laughs> but but I got to tell you, he 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 had a work ethic, and that's that's definitely true, and he loved being in the ring. Uh, he he he's a natural performer, and he was. Uh, I saw another side of Vince when he would come over to the the studio and and later on tracks. Uh, to get in the ring, he he's he could be very engaging, personable, cordial. Um, if that's a word, cordable, what I'm talking about. Very very nice, it, it, funny, and um, but also get down to business. And and he he could be very intense, even in the ring. So it was it was uh it was an exciting time because you had the exciting things happening. Uh, the Montreal screw job and Mr. McMahon was just coming into play and, and stone cold was, was hot. And, uh, my gosh, I need to train to get in the ring. Who are you going to train with? What about you? You know, so that was, that was kind of cool. That was very cool. Man, that is just crazy. What was kind of the first thoughts initially? Cause you knew he was like a workout now. You knew he was a creature of the gym, but did you know he was going to be as like invested as he was to to this you know, wrestling thing as, as far as getting actually in the ring? I wasn't surprised. 
uh, he always wanted to be a wrestler. He he did. His um, father, Vince Sr., just uh, didn't want him to be. He wanted he he didn't want him to be one of the boys. And Vince always wanted to be one of the boys. And I believe that's where his love is. And he wanted to perform in the ring. So, yeah, I wasn't surprised at all. Uh, the only thing that um, the only thing I might have been surprised about was uh, how uh, how how loose he could get and just uh, have fun and enjoy himself when he was over there. Because sometimes he would just we would just uh, lock up, play, roll around, and and do some holds, do some reversals, knowing damn well they're in a cage match. They're not going to be doing a whole lot of wrestling. But he would want to get loose. He'd want to uh, do some moves and and try some things, and then go over what we had an idea that they would do in the match. So, uh, yeah, I I I think everybody had an idea once he had the opportunity to to get in the ring. He was certainly going to take to it because he he was uh, he was that invested. Did he actually start training? Because initially, the, in 98, obviously, it's when he kind of started training, but initially, early 98, was April uh, 13th, 1998. He had that match on Raw, which was actually the, the tie turner. It actually ended the 83-week uh, winning streak of Nitro and of WCW, and he fought Steve Austin in the main event. Not really a match, per se. They kind of just had a brief few minutes. He smacked him in the face. Austin had one hand behind his back. But did you train him at that point to get ready for the match, or is this later on more towards St. Valentine's Day Massacre in the cage? No, I, I think it was even before that because I knew – that's why I believe it might have been two months before the match because they they had an idea, and it was on the table. And I remember – I actually remember this This was when, when everybody was still flying commercial. It was before the private jet, and Vince said something to me at the airport uh, that – you, you and I are going to be uh, seeing a lot of each other, pal. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Got to get me in shape. Got to get me ready. Get me ring ring shape. That's what he said. Something like I, I think it was ring shape or something like that in the ring. And um, yeah, but but that was um, uh, again an opportunity that that I wouldn't have had if I wasn't there. So thank God. How did he follow that up? Like you got to get me in shape. Like what were your, you know, what was your thoughts? Uh, he was ju- he was just making uh, small talk, and I knew we would talk once we got back to Stanford, and and that's how it was set up. Uh, I believe Liz, and I'm, I can't remember everyone's name, but his secretary had contacted me and told me that Vince wanted to meet me at uh, six o'clock at the studio. And we'd train. So that was that was a follow up. Yeah, I think it was, it, it was just small talk at the at the uh, airport. Again, that was when everybody was still flying commercials together, of course. Um, so that that's that's how that came about. So were you shocked at all? Not the, I mean, you said you knew that he always wanted to be a ring, in the ring and wrestling, but his dad kind of thwarted it. Were you shocked at all at age 52, basically, that he's you know serious about this? Is this chairman of the board here? You know what I mean? It's the boss. Yeah, sure. Well, but but I'm not. I wasn't shocked because um, once I think, and especially back then, I, I don't know so much about now, but back then, once you 
you started working in the office, in the actual office, like uh, uh, at in on uh, one twenty Main Street, or or whatever the address is. Once you started working in the office, you you kind of got the vibe of how things were, would flow on a daily basis, and uh, they could be long days, they could be long hours. And you, you just, I, I think once you got, once I, let me just speak for myself. Once I started working there, I saw that anything could happen. You could be called to a meeting at any time. You could be called to uh, go down a train with someone at any time. Uh, you could uh, you have to set up a workout or a tryout with someone any time. And it just, it was one of the, one of those things that if you wanted to be in, the wrestling slash sports entertainment business, my gosh, WWE was the king, and WWE was, uh, and still is, I think, the number one company and name brand recognized company at that uh, in the world. So um, I wasn't surprised because I knew it was already a hectic pace. I already knew that um, you had to be ready for anything and available anything it's just that was just the way the business worked and that was the way the schedule was uh so when i when i (laughs) i hear about people talking about what a grueling schedule wwe can be and 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 is well yeah that's what you sign up for Uh, if if you don't know it then it's your fault you should you should expect anything i think and i did it's just crazy to think about it at this point. Vince really going in there, you know what I mean? Like just thinking but, about it back, like, wow, I remember him being the owner. I don't remember it, you know. And then he becomes Mr. McMahon, and and like, oh wow, like he was 50, side of him. at fifty-two years old, he was still, and even today at seventy, what three? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, at seventy-three years old, he still goes to the gym. He still uh, doesn't believe he's seventy-three. If he does, he doesn't care, and. Uh, that was that was the thing you know when i reached 52 i i honest to goodness i really don't want to wrestle anymore i'm content with with making appearances at shows at whatever they want me to do i really don't want to wrestle i mean i have and 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 that's okay too but vince just went all out for it you know he he had his neck surgery years before too but he he went all out and um yeah, I, he he was he's he's you've heard it before again. He's he's a madman, and he approaches everything uh, with the intensity and passion, uh, which it takes a lot sometimes after you've been working all day. Not him uh, to get in there at ten o'clock at night. Sometimes he, I I would have to meet him at ten. He wouldn't be there till eleven thirty, and then want to go till one thirty or two, and then of course he'd be in the office the next day at nine. So, um, 52, 62, whatever, whatever it was with Vince, he, he only stopped when, when he was told you can't do this anymore. So, uh, I, I was, I was thinking the same thing because I remember him, him, we, I remember talking to him one time, um, right before he won the title and he won the title from who, who did he beat Austin? When, it when was Vince, that who, was like who, it was it was weird. He won it kind of like uh, against in, in a multi man. I think it was a multi man match. 
Okay. One of those things where he's saying, I I don't, um, I mean, he didn't say he didn't want to wrestle. He just, he felt like he had to because this is where the storyline was going. That was my impression. That was my interpretation. And I don't want to misquote him and I don't want to, um, um, If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I, I don't want to say it any differently than he would because it will be misinterpreted, but I got the impression that he he doesn't mind doing it, but uh, it wasn't the number one thing on his list. And at the same time, being the showman that he is, I I think he really, really wanted to do it in the end, or even in the beginning. He wanted to do it, but I think it's being 52 years old, but God, dog, he's always been in shape, and he always looked like a, he looked like an athlete, looked like a star, and he is. So um, I think for him, uh, he he'll never put it over. I, I remember the first match when he got hit with a chair and he split his head open, uh, and I thought <laughs> I th- I thought he was bleeding, you know, through other means. But he came back and no, he got hit with a chair and got split wide open. Never said a word about it. Just knew that was part of the game. And, and I think he I think he enjoyed and appreciated that part of it even more just to show everybody that he could go out there and take just as much punishment and do twice as much work probably than anybody else did during the day. It was the hardest, and I think today probably still holds true. He's the hardest working guy in that company, um, even at this age and this stage of the game. So, uh, and, and I've never seen anything different from it. He actually, now that I'm remembering, it wasn't a multi-man match. He beats Triple H with some interference. <gasps> Yes, oh, okay. He, yeah, he pins Triple H. I think uh, Austin may have cheated or something. It was a weird thing, but he was basically a face at this point, and Triple H was a heel. He um, ends up getting like a fluke win, and he vacates the title, and Triple H ends up winning it back in a multi-man match. Yeah, it might have been that because Russo was still booking, right? Russo was still there. I just remember that part. Russo was still there during that time. And, yeah, uh, you know, so, so uh, yeah, that was that was part of the deal. I think he he knew that that it was an important part of the uh, storyline. It was an important part of the uh, process and the angle to get everything over, uh, because Montreal was was the turning point. Montreal uh, was when people saw, hey, wait a minute, um, what what just happened here, and what just happened there was. Uh, real life, and uh, and he did. Events did what he thought he had, what he knew he had to do for himself and his company, and for for everybody in the company. Um, and he took a shot in the eye for it. And now uh, he, he was seen as this guy who screwed the the Canadian hero and uh, guy who stands up for justice for all, and and 
my God, what a better heel. And there were there was there was real dynamics to that whole uh, whole thing. The persona of Mr. McMahon, who, who all the people knew was uh, at that time was Vince McMahon, the announcer. Vince McMahon, the uh, voice of WWF, I guess at that time. And I I think uh, Vince knew knew his place, knew his role, knew knew what what that meant. And he was willing to go all out for it. I mean, he he was willing to fight for his company in the ring, if need be, uh, and outside the ring, if need be. And he proved it. Yeah, it's crazy when you think about it, what he kind of did and, and became Mr. McMahon, almost as a shoot, and then took it into his character and turned but, it into Mr. McMahon, the character. But wait, but, but, it, but see, that's what I'm saying. That was a shoot the whole time. That was a shoot with, without anybody ever knowing because there was no, there, <laughs> there was, there was no need to bring out that persona until it, it was there. And then once it was right. there, he could do it. Not just, uh, uh, not just sometimes during the day and entertain himself and others, but, but now he had a platform where even backstage he could have fun being Mr. McMahon if people didn't didn't know the real events and he would come in and start yelling and screaming and and uh, uh, playing without anybody else knowing he's playing and, and kind of like ribbing the guys, ribbing people watching. So he could do that. And I, and I believe he had a great time doing it. It sure looked like he did and it felt like he did. Oh, yeah. And Mr. McMahon, what a great character. What a great heel. It's just crazy to think, like, okay, he's going to be the number one heel. You know, he's going to be the, the guy Austin has the, one of the greatest foods of all time with. It's going to be a non-wrestler, a guy that's, quote, you know, quote-unquote, the owner of the company. Well, not quote-unquote, but the one of the, the, vo- the voices of the company of an announcer. And then, really, and back behind the scenes is really the owner. Was that different just for the pure fact that the number one heel wasn't an actual wrestler? He was a non-wrestler? Well, WWE uh, has always prided prided itself on being different, not not just uh, wrestling. And I like wrestling. I mean, I grew up on on professional wrestling. And when when WWE started saying we're not wrestlers, we're superstars, sports entertainment. Um, that was different, and they always led the pack. So if it was a non-wrestler, and and it was somebody other other than Vince, I would I would think it wouldn't fit. But Vince made it fit because he was such an asshole, and everybody could relate to a boss that you wanted to punch out. It was everything was aligned. Uh, the people, it, it was a simple, stated story. This is the guy everybody wants to come up and punch in the face. And then you hear here's the guy who will punch him in the face for you. So um, it was different. It was new. And once once that that spark takes off sometimes, you you can't contain it. It'll, it'll just turn into uh, wildfire. And I think it did with Austin events. And and then you had Rock, and the whole synergy was just uh, happening. You, you could feel the energy backstage, in front of the the cameras, and and off uh, out out of the out of the eye of the camera too. So uh, it was a fun time. 
And it was all basically leading to them wrestling one-on-one. But before that, as we're kind of going through, he actually ends up in the Royal Rumble, and he wins the Royal Rumble match. So that's like a huge shocker. But, you know, he, not that he's only in the match. He ends up winning the whole thing. Was that one of those things where you were training him for the Royal Rumble as well? Uh, I think the Royal Rumble was I – don't, I don't – honest to goodness, I don't recall if we did any special training for that. Um, the matches again with Austin and, and Hunter, Shane, Hogan, uh, any individual matches, he definitely would come over to the studio and just either get in the ring, stretch, talk, work out and, and go for the Royal Rumble. He very well could have, but I just don't recall any specific, uh, line of training for that i he was he was always in in great cardio shape but you know ring shape and cardio shape are two different things and i think he's vince is one of those people who can will himself to keep going you just you'll you'll there's no way he's going to quit if he's not finished and sometimes even when he's finished he won't quit so uh, i don't recall that necessarily but um very well could have Take us through, like, typical training with him. You said sometimes you show up 11 o'clock at night, you go to 1.30 in the morning or whatever it is. But take us through, like, typical training. When you get there, is it the basics? Are you treating him like a normal student? Like, how does that go? No, 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 no. We're, we're gearing it towards the match. We're gearing, gearing it towards what he wants to do. And he would come in, and uh, if he hadn't changed yet, which which he usually had by the time he came over to us, um, he, he would be in his workout gear, get in the ring, stretch, talk. And, and how was how was the day? How was your day? Here's what I have an idea. Let's try. I want to try this tonight, or or what do you got for me tonight, pal? Uh, what do you think? Um, just again, once he was done stretching, I'd say, okay, let's circle, and we would circle, and we would just lock up, and he would wrench my neck and pull me every which way and we'd go to the ropes i'd grab something we'd reverse we'd go into a couple spots we'd go into a, um, a series and that's how we'd break a sweat and then he'd say okay here's what i want to try what do you think about this and i'd say great let's try it and let's try something else uh, so we had ideas, he had ideas, and we, we set up the, the cage by the ring when he was getting ready to uh, fall onto the table. That was for, for their first match. Practiced that a couple times. And, uh, you know, that's that's a pretty dangerous uh, bump to take for anyone. I don't care who you are, if you're a pro or not a pro. But Vince, again, at 52 years old, wants to take this bump from the a cage to the uh, announcer's table and go through it. And he, we measured it. We we did everything and, and walked through it and did, did it a couple times. And, and he hit it every time in the studio. And then when the match came, he kind of landed on the, uh, the corner, the, the outside uh, end of the table and kind of bounced and he wouldn't put it over, but, it hurt. It had to have hurt. He was walking slow the next couple of days, but he wasn't going to put anything over. So uh, he he was a he's still a tough guy. He was a tough guy. But we would just we we would he would stretch. I was already stretched, and if if he was stretching, I was stretching too. But he usually took a good fifteen to twenty minutes to stretch. 
uh, nice and easy. And there were times, let me say this, two times when uh, Shane would come with him because you know, I was doing training Shane before events. Uh, and, and Shane was always a, a ball of energy and, and a pleasure to be around any time. Uh, so Shane would sometimes also get in there and and play around, and uh, he and I would wrestle and work out. And Vince, we'd go back and forth. So it was uh, a loose deal, but usually we, we didn't go under an hour, hour and a half. Sometimes you stay there uh, maybe two, maybe three hours sometimes. Uh, but that was a... The most we would go probably about an hour and a half, two hours, depending on his schedule. And um, we definitely have a sweat by the time we're done. But at the same time, if there was something that he was specifically wanting to go over, that's what we did. And that's what we should have done because we're preparing the owner of the company <laughs> in a huge pay-per-view match. I don't think we need to go over, here's the basics, and let's not move until you get these down. We want you to do what you're going to do, make sure you're safe, make sure uh, Steve is safe, make sure uh, we can be as safe as possible. Because no matter, you can go over something 100 times and uh, still have something go wrong. Uh, so we just, we, we, that was my concern, making sure he was safe and everybody else in the match was safe. So when you, so when you uh, train him for that actual bump, bump where he falls, lands on the corner of the table, and he really, really gets hurt. hurt. He, you know, he's saying he nails it every time and everything. Is that one of those things where you're, he's literally physically climbing a cage and taking a crazy bump off of it, or how does that actually work? Well, yeah, it was outside. Uh, do you remember the bump where he was? Oh, yeah. Climbing? Yeah, and then, then he broke think, his back. Pretty much, but he wouldn't tell you that, and he sure wouldn't put it over. But, yeah, and, and we'd, we had the crash pad set up in the studio, uh, just the same height as the announcer's table, and we measured the same length, and he took it, I believe, three times. And then when the match comes, again, it's just one, one, one of those things. You have to... Um, he's will he was willing to take a chance and and he did and uh, anytime you do a, do a gimmick like that high that's what they're called high risk pal uh, high risk maneuver by all means it was and uh, but he was not he was fearless he wasn't afraid of anything and so that was that was that. Did Steve ever come to the training? No. No, no, no. Uh, Steve was on the road. So Steve was working, but also even during the off times. Now, Steve, uh, I, I believe they did go over it, obviously, the day of, but never. He, Steve never came to the studio for that. Now, as far as him training and stuff, and like you said, you wouldn't go over basics or fundamentals, things like that. What did you actually think about his basics and his fundamentals and his punches and all that stuff? Well, well that's what I'm saying. We, we would grab a headlock. We would do uh, some punching and, and basics and fundamentals. Um, it's not it, – it's something he certainly needs to work on if he's going to – if that kid <laughs> he thinks he has a chance. But, you know, I, I, I think if you're going to go right into the main event at uh, – whatever pay-per-view it was. St. Valentine's um, Day Massacre. St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Okay, well, I think we can pretty much get you from 
where you need to start to where you need to be, and it ain't going to involve a whole lot of left circle, lock up, grab a headlock type thing. It's a cage match. It's a fight, you know, so we're not going to uh, he, he's going to have special matches, and that's pretty much it. He's going to be in those uh, special uh, stipulation matches. And the stipulation is uh, you make sure that you give the fans and your pay-per-view audience what they're looking for and what they want. So we had spots and uh, go over those. Of course, write, write things down, and when uh, came the day of the show, in the day of the match, go over it with Austin. So um, that was that was how we did that. How much part of the process are you as far as agenting the match and making sure everything goes down right? Are you that specifically the agent for that match? No, 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 no. All I was responsible for at that time was uh, helping Vince get in get in ring. Uh, positioning or getting ring or freak. I want to say ring shape, but it, but at the same time, it really wasn't. It was more just getting in the, getting in the ring. I was more just responsible with that. I think, uh, of course, Austin and Vince had their ideas, and they knew what they wanted to do for the match. But that wasn't that wasn't my deal right then. I was responsible for um, helping to make sure they they had what they needed if blood was was required in that match. And uh, so that was kind of cool to help Vince with this is the first time that uh, there might be blood. So, Tom, can you help us? Well, of course I can. So I don't want to I don't want to go into detail and I don't want to say I made a blizz aid for him at all. But 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 I did. So, <laughs> But he didn't need it. He got clobbered in the head of the chair and, and it was a hard way. And I thought it was like when I. After the match, see. After the match, I was I would never go back to Vince's office. Why? Why should I? What What would I do? But I went back to his office after this match, and they were stitching him up. And I said, "That was great." He goes, "I, I didn't use it." So what do you mean? So I didn't need it. And you show him. Look, I'm watching the doctor stitch him up, but he but he points to that. And I'm going, "Oh Jesus, yeah." So, um, but that was it. It might have been Finley or Michael Hayes who might have had that agent. No, been that match. So, and then they they know their stuff, and I don't really remember who it, who was the actual agent for it. I just remember before the match, uh, we did go over. Like I said, if if blood was needed, we, we had that taken care of. Nice. Yeah. As far as you say, you don't need to go back there. You don't need to go back there. But this time you went back there. How come you wouldn't normally go back there? And say I, something I, to I had no reason to. What would I? I mean, this th- this was the first match he had. That's what I'm saying. If there was anything else, I I never uh, had a reason to go back to the office talk to Vince. But now, since I was a part of helping him uh, with this match, I did. I, I had a reason to go back. So, um, so that was that was. That was why. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330. Or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Was anyone against him wrestling at all? I mean, obviously, you know, that could happen where he gets busted open the hard way or him falling in that table spot and hurting his back and getting hurt really bad. Was anybody against him actually getting in there and wrestling? Not that, not anyone that I heard make vocal mention of that. Uh, that I'm, I'm sure Stephanie and Shane were concerned, but at the same time confident that, that anything Vince put his mind to he could do. And I don't think they were worried about his uh, uh, physical ability to do that. So, but they might have been just concerned as uh, as his son and daughter. So, but but yeah, I don't. I never heard anyone publicly come out and say, or backstage say, "Man, I don't think you should do this." Nobody probably would either, right? No. Yeah, I don't think anyone would, even if they felt. Well, let me take that back. Sometimes you would you would be with a group of guys, uh, whether it's agents or producers or whatever, and privately they might voice their uh, their opinion. And on this one, I never heard that. So, as far as, as Vince's ab- ab- ability, what would you kind of rate rate him ability wise? Away, away from, from the fact that he's the owner. Uh, about a five, maybe a four sometimes, because you wasn't sure which way to go when, when he locked up with you and, and, and how to move you. And, and he was very um, – he was solid. He, he just – he was like a bull, he, and he was a strong – he's a strong guy. Uh, and he just um, – he. And I, I really can't remember if I ever told him to just relax. I'm like, I, no, I take that back. I'm sure I did because I'm sure I told him right off the bat. But he and Austin uh, both worked with the understanding that we have to be stiff here. We have to be solid. And I think that's that's why I pretty much accept – well, no, not pretty much. I actually did, I just accepted this is what it is. This is why he is this way because he wants it to be this way, and he wants Austin to be that way too. So, but on a on a on a rating system, I mean, if you're going to talk about not just uh, being the owner of the company, he's, he's about a four or five, you know, in, in skill level. But my God, uh, you you've got to give him props, you've got to give him credit because he he went out and did did. Stuff that a regular, I don't know what a regular 52-year-old man does, but certainly I don't think they're in the ring in a cage getting their head smashed with a chair. And they're certainly not a multi-millionaire at that point. Um, he might have been a billionaire, I don't know. But uh, I, I, I give him props because he would be in the trenches with me and, and we, we he would talk like a... Uh, uh, very empathetic, sympathetic, caring. <laughs> so, um, you know, he didn't have to have all the skill in the world. He had drawing power. He was the 
owner of the company who was about to get his ass kicked by the biggest badass of them all, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And uh, he knew it. He loved it. He relished it, and he enjoyed it. Being the heel. He was a great heel. No doubt about it. Yeah. What would you rate him as far as the intangibles? Like we kind of talked about on that way back in the first episode, the intangibles, the other things, you know, the, the charisma, the look, the different aspects. How would you rate him on like that kind of stuff? Ten, actually. This this one goes to eleven. Uh, I would, if, if we could uh, give him an eleven or fifteen or twenty, whatever it is, a hundred percent. He uh, has the charisma, has the knowledge and power uh, knowing when he walks in any room or any space uh, he's in control and you not everybody has that Vince has the power to exude his power and to let you know that uh, he's a powerful man it, you you there's no denying even in his uh, humble um even in his humility, let me say it that way, he he still exudes his power. He just has this energy about him. And it, it every time I've ever been around him, whether it's been in a meeting setting, workout setting, I've seen him in the gym uh, training as well, it's this undeniable, intangible energy uh, that you you feel it and you don't know exactly why or what it is, except that uh, uh, he's a powerful man. So the the intangibles as far as charisma and uh, drawing people to towards you, towards your way, um, he he has that in spades. Were you ever, Were you worried? ever worried about him? About like, him? like okay, okay, he's too, he's going to get in there, there he's, he's taking this crazy, crazy bump. Austin and him are going to work stiff, you know, he's going to have the blade, blade or whatever, he's going to have to get into that aspect of it. It's going to be a rough match. you ever worry about him? Yeah, I did. I did worry about him uh, on occasion. But, he again, he won't sell anything. He won't put anything over. But I, I know how the bumps feel. And at that time, um, I wasn't 52, obviously, but I'm going, oh, my gosh. But I did worry about him because I sure didn't want him to get hurt. And uh, and, and I, I don't think he did. Pardon me, he did get hurt, but he didn't get hurt seriously. So thank goodness for that. Now, well, as you're as kind, of kind of training him and stuff, you mentioned training him for a bunch of matches. matches. Were you, were like, you like the go-to the guy for him? You're the guy that he's like, Dr. Tom, I've got to get back in the ring. i got to train again. You're his personal trainer? Yeah, for, for the wrestling part, yeah. He had somebody else at the gym. But I was the trainer for the first developmental system there, and that was already in place when this happened. So I was the go-to guy. I was the guy at that time. He would kind of never have another guy in the ring with him. You know what I mean? Oh, no, one -on -one. Shane. Yeah, yeah, it would be me and Vince and I one-on-one -on -one and sometimes Shane. But, yeah, that was it. No, we didn't have any. No, I take that back. I take that back. I take that back. I take that back. When Kurt was training, when Kurt Angle was training, and I think Sean Stasiak and a couple other guys, uh, he came over to cut or do a promo, and there's a, uh, a vignette of, Shane, of Vince 
stunning me, Kurt Angle, might be Stasiak. Angle had a mask on. There were a couple guys with a mask on uh, that, that Vince stuns in this vignette. Uh, so there were a couple guys like that when we had a camp we had guys coming in to tra- train because, yeah, I was training guys at that time, too. So that's why. You know, sometimes I forget these things. But Kurt, Kurt Angle, I remember he stunned with a mask on, and, and we, shot, we stunned Stasiak and somebody else stunned me. Uh, and it was all in this vignette. So that was about the only other time. But he never, he never brought in extra guys just to say, hey, I want to have some extra guys to train with because, again, he didn't have a uh, regular schedule that, hey, we're going to train at 10 o'clock today, this morning, or, or whatever. It's just whenever he had time, whenever he could fit it in his job, in his schedule. And I understood that, and I'm working for him. So uh, that, it, it, was, it was that back then. When Vince wanted to train, that's when we trained. I find it so interesting that he's kind of, you know, just really trusting in you. And, and obviously he trusts you. Why wouldn't he trust me? Why wouldn't he trust me? Who have I trained? What have I done so far? So why wouldn't he trust me? Well, he definitely, definitely should. But I just love the fact that, you know, the fact that he's putting all his trust in you as far as like, this is, this, you know, this is huge. He loves you. Basically, yeah, he loves you. Like, I'm, you're, you're the guy. You're going to train me for the biggest match possibly in wrestling history because this feud is one of the biggest in wrestling history. I think it's quite the compliment by him. Well, I do too. And I'm very, I was very fortunate for that. But the, the thing is, the guy who was really trusting was Austin because he, Austin didn't come to, uh, uh, to the studio, as I said, so he's really trusting Steve to get in there for the first time and have a match, and and of course Steve's the ultimate consummate pro, if you would. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I took it as a compliment. I thought it was very, very cool. Uh, the only McMahon uh, I didn't get in the ring with was Linda, so I was fortunate enough to train Vince, Shane, and Stephanie. So. Um, but I think that has a lot to do with me being there at the right place at the right time. So, uh, while, while I was the guy, I was happy to be the guy. I was happy to be the guys in there, uh, that they did trust. I mean, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a great compliment. And you also mentioned years later, he's feuding with Hogan and wrestling Hogan. You trained him for the Hogan match as well? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Whenever he had a match, a singles match or anything like that, uh, he would always come to the studio and get in the ring, just to get some ring rust off, just to get in there, just to uh, walk around and get comfortable again. People who, guys who have been in the business and wrestled for years and years and years and been out for a while, once you, you are out for a little bit, you, you've got to get back in the ring, just get some ring rust off before you get in there again, I would think. Uh, sometimes you have the chance, sometimes you don't. But I just know how it was when I was out of the ring for a while, for months, and you come back and you get in and you go, wow, it's you'll pick it up real quick, but you, you've got to get your, your feet under you again. You've got to uh, remember how far it is how many steps to hit the ropes and, and what you have to do to um, 
just get comfortable in that setting again. So I, I think that's what Vince wanted to do was get comfortable in that setting, in the ring, uh, no matter who he was going to work with. He, he would trust his opponent, no doubt, but he would try to say that because if he didn't trust him, he wouldn't be in the ring with him. Right. So, uh, but, but you still want to get in the ring, get your feet on you and kind of realize, oh, it takes this many steps. And, and it's things people don't think about and not everybody thinks about every day because it's just kind of a second nature thing. Once you get started and you, you, uh, wrestle for a while and you learn that on the independent scene, let me say it's different rings, but in WWE, they all have, uh, it's, it's all 20 foot, 20 by 20. Um, ring. So at the same time, you, you have to you have to get in there and uh, figure out how you feel and how many uh, how many steps you have to take. What do you have to do uh, uh, to get where you want to be in that match? So that's that's all it was. You just want to make sure he uh, he had been in the ring, you know, at least a week before he had the match and and uh, had his footing under him. That felt good. And every time he did, it seemed like he uh, felt good. So he accomplished the mission. Yeah. Do you give him advice as far as like, okay, you should do this move or that move, or you're kind of leaving that to him? I know you said you're passing ideas and stuff, but are you saying like, no, I would do this then for sure? Like really kind of hammering stuff home? Yeah, not hammering at home, uh, beating it obviously with a base or like a dead horse or anything like that, but yes, definitely. And he would try it that way, and uh, we would go, we would have our work there from there doing it that way. But, But a lot of that was just wrestling holds to get us uh, loosened up them into what what they're going to do in their match because there wasn't going to be a lot of wrestling holds. There wasn't going to be a lot of uh, technical uh, savage steamboat moments. It was going to be a fight between Stone Cold and Vince or Hunter and Vince or Sean and Vince or um, whoever else it might be. So, yeah, but but yeah, I would I would say certainly if you're going to grab the arm, grab it, slide down, grab my wrist this way, or trap it this way with the left arm, uh, and he would. Do you think that he at all thought he was above any of that, or you you said like no. humble and stuff? But did he ever kind of think like, okay, come on, Tom, like no. teach me teach me some? No, never, 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 yeah, never indicated that to me. Never felt that, uh, Vince. I think Vince wanted to not tread on anybody's territory. In other words, if this was your department, you do what you would do um, in your department, and that was my department. We he had to uh, we we had to create a position for this because this was something new, and and it was uh, I think they called it trainer at first and then we just morphed it into coach um because we, we had to have it and and this is i wasn't self-employed anymore it was where you were taking taxes out 401ks health insurance things that were new to me because i, I had been a wrestler my whole life self-employed and uh so vince had people in departments that handled their department. If you're in marketing, well, what do you think we should do? Tell me, because that's your expertise. 
Um, you're in TV. What should we do? Tell me because that's your department. Training. I've watched wrestling. I own a wrestling company, a sports entertainment company, but this is your department. What should we do once we get here? Now we're going to lock up. How do you want me to grab this? What would you suggest? And I got that vibe from him. He never said that. What do you What do you suggest? What the, What do you? Uh, I guess he did, in, in not so many words. But uh, no, I never got that drift from him. Vince, Vince is a very intimidating person. But then you get one on one, and I and. It's so many people talk about this, and it's true. Once you you get one on one with him, and you see a different side of Vince, you understand this is how he is when he has to be that way. When he has to be Mr. McMahon, he knows how to do that. And there are many times in in life, and many times I'm sure in the business world, uh, when he had to be that guy. But that's business, you know. And I under, I understood that more than. Uh, ever, my last run in WWE. It's a personal business, and you get really deeply involved with it. And they say, well, don't take it personal. It's it's just business. But it is personal, and we've been through that before. It's, it's you know, you build relationships with people. You think you know them, you get to know them, and, and then all of a sudden, uh, it's just business. Well, all right. Uh, since it is just business, you you take care of your part, and we'll take care of the next part. This is how I looked at it. Did you feel a closeness to him or a bond at all? The fact that you were training him, or not really? Uh, here's the deal. I I and that's on me. I I felt as close as I could get to to Vince, as I was allowed allowing myself to get as close to anybody. Um, he, he owned the company. He and Bruce have a very tight relationship and I didn't want to impede on that. I didn't want to make it look to him or anybody else. Like I'm trying to suck up to you because if I do, then there's going to be greater rewards for me later down the line. Not my intention, not what I wanted to do. I had no ambitions to do it right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, I've, I've, I, I can't explain why. I just I've got this far in life, and this is the way I've been. I I would get as close to people as I could, and um, that I, 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 at that time uh, my my closeness related to everything we did in the business, and and I tried, but I just didn't want to make it appear anything. Like I want anything else except what I have right now, which was a job, uh, doing what I loved, and being around the the business and the uh, um, the things that I got to do. So, was there a bond there? Yeah, yeah, I think there was. Um, he he was very very good to me, treated me great, and on a couple of occasions, especially after training with with Shane, he made it a point. Uh, to thank me very much, and on on one occasion especially, he said, "I want you to know how much I appreciate uh, what you've done for Shane." I didn't do anything for Shane except get in the ring with him and work out with him. But Shane was a natural too, and Shane uh, was a maniac and didn't didn't was fearless, didn't care. He could fly, do whatever. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health, 
Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Whatever uh, it called for. But as far as uh, as far as getting close and, and uh, going over to the house for a swim, no, didn't do that. But uh, when we when I was around him, whether it was at TV or at the office, uh, always made it a point to to say hello. Always made it a point to uh, make small talk when when he had time. <laughs> if we were there and it was a moment. Now, as far as relationship, you said you didn't go over his house for swim and things like that. Bruce, you said was close to him and closer with him. Is that all you said it was kind of on you, but is that on him as well? Like, should he not, he maybe should, but is that one of the things, things where you're almost expecting like, Oh, I thought we would be a little bit tighter. Or, or no. Not, not at all. No, 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 no. Because again, uh, we look, I've had my one-on-ones with him where, where we've, it's, it's been just he and I, and we've talked about, uh, a couple serious things and, and, I don't want to go into those because those those are just those are one on one talks that that I thought you know I'm glad I'm glad you talked to me about this because um, it 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 does show that you trust me and so so it was that but I but I just never have been one of those people to uh, try and get close to somebody because it was going to going to benefit me. I, I, maybe it's the wrong way to look at it, but I just, that's the way I looked at it. And Vince was very, again, he was, he was as personable and, uh, as bonding as he could be. And I was too. And I obviously, I, I wasn't very adept at it, adept at it, whatever you want to say. Uh, at that time I've learned since then, but, um, we were just, I, I, again, Bruce, Bruce and Vince had a relationship and Vince and I had a relationship totally different, but at the same time, uh, I got to work with him in that capacity and can't take that away from me. Was anybody ever jealous of you that you were training Vince one-on-one with Vince and had that opportunity? Not that I know of, not at all, especially in there, man. I mean, it was... Uh, there was nothing to be jealous about. There, there was plenty of work for everybody to do at WWE. The the whole trainer slash coach thing came about um, because that's that was the next step. They they weren't creating any in house talent, and WCW had the power plant. We needed something, and it was just a let's see how this takes off type thing. And it took off and, uh, the developmental system was so much different back then than it is today. 
uh, in in a lot of ways, a lot of sense, and it would take me a long time to go over that. But but it it's it's great when you have the keys to the kingdom and can do whatever you want. I wish we could have had the PC Center back then. But thank God, Hunter had the vision. Hunter is an old school guy. He has respect for the old school, and uh, he he saw that it needed the the developmental system needed an overhaul, and he had the uh, power to make it happen. So, um, it, we weren't. Uh, we it was a it was a lot more informal, but I was also wanted to make sure I didn't do the wrong thing and didn't make uh, uh, a whole lot of mistakes. So I was trying not to be too uh, personable or personal uh, when it came to events because Bruce and he had a, a relationship. And if, if that's what it was and that's the way Vince wanted to handle it, then that's the way he's going to handle it, and I'll just follow his lead. Bruce, ever check in on you guys when you're training? No, of course. Sure, a couple of people stopped by and checked in. Yeah, Pat, um, God, Bruce, Russo. Yeah, a few people would stop in. Well, what is that like? Is Vince kind of like, uh, guys, get out of here? Or is he like, all right, I'm going to show off for you guys? Oh, no, 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 no. They, they, he would he would work out while they watch. And if he needed to talk to them, he'd talk to them. Or if they needed, if they needed to talk to him, yeah, he would stop and, and talk. But... Uh, yeah, for the most part, if they would come and watch or do whatever, if they had, had an idea for the match, they'd add it, tell them what they thought. But for the most part, it was us just in the ring. And, uh, uh, if anybody came over, they would stop sometimes watch for a little bit and then leave sometimes do what they had to do and then, uh, uh, leave or other times they'd stay. But, um, I mean, there there were many many nights when uh, we we would be in the studio late at night, and everybody else, you know, people still be working in the edit bays and 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 working all the time, uh, and it would just be us in the ring. So it was uh, it was a, it was a really interesting time to be there. Looking back, adding everything up, his physical, all the tools, like you said, work rate probably four or five. The intangibles, probably a ten, eleven. Overall, what do you what do you think as far as a wrestler? I mean, he, I mean, this is this ain't the Rock coming out of you know a young Rock coming out of here, fifty two right. year old man. But like, how would you rate him overall? As a performer, I'd have to give him a ten, just because he was fearless. He wasn't afraid to do anything or try anything. Um, so I, I have to give him a ten as a, as a performer, as as someone who. Uh, He's going to go out there and leave it all in the ring. He 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 just he felt that way, and I know some guys uh, on the crew who didn't feel that way. So Vince was Vince was all in, and I I, I give him props. I, I give him all the respect in the world um, because even today you can look at him and tell. You can tell he busts his ass in the ring, and that's that's or busts his ass in the gym. Excuse me, but that's one of the things that a lot of uh, new recruits don't get. That everything you do, especially when you get in this business, and especially now in 2020, uh, everybody has a camera, everybody's watching, 
and everybody pays attention, um, regardless of if you're if you're just starting out or you've been around for a while. You know, if you're good or if somebody thinks you're good, somebody's going to send a, a video or somebody's going to see a video or see something and make a judgment call. Um, so Vince, you know, knew that everybody would be watching him as the owner of WWE going out there. He he knew he had that uh, uh, foresight, if you will, to realize that he has to go out here and and perform and and be fearless, and he was. So, I mean, uh, overall, he was definitely a ten. And I think that is the perfect stopping point for this week. Great stuff on Vince. Love getting kind of behind the curtain and really, really learning more, not just about training, but like what happened behind the scenes with the training. So it's so cool to get that perspective from you. Just got to mention, of course, as far as plugs and Pro Wrestling Tees store for JPWA. So check out ProWrestlingTees.com and go to the JPA Wrestling store. JPWA. JP, I'm sorry, JPWA, obviously, uh, Jacob Pritchard Wrestling Academy, obviously. Um, check out the Pro Wrestling Tea Store and a Patreon page for the JPWA as well. On the Patreon page, they'll have a lot of videos of training and a lot of things that you probably could learn from. Also, check out the website, jtwrestlingacademy.com. Any email you want to send us, questions, comments, concerns, you can go to Tom Pritchard Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on podca- excuse me, on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can follow Dr. Tom at Dr. Tom Pritchard. Our website is tmptempire.com. And Dr. Tom, do you have any upcoming appearances? I do, I do, I do. But first of all, also check out the um uh, Celtic Warrior Workout uh, with Seamus that he came when he came and did his JPWA uh, gimmick from there. It was very, very cool. February uh, 7th, I believe it is, and I'm just going to look here real quick because, uh, yes, February 7th, it's a Friday in uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. We are doing a benefit, well, we kfw is doing a benefit for tracy smothers um a lot of guys going to be there ricky morton myself ah gosh and i wish i had the other the list of other people around tennessee uh to to help out tracy smothers we just did i say again we but we did uh, matt sigmund promoted a huge bobby eaton appreciation night in knoxville on december 14th we saw we all saw tracy smothers come and uh, he wasn't doing real good. He'd been having chemotherapy. He'd just gone through some uh, uh, heavy stuff with cancer. And uh, Tommy Henry with KFW wants to help him. So uh, if you go to the KFW Facebook, and I think all it is is KFW. It's called Ken, K-I-N, Folk Wrestling. Uh and again, it's located in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Big, big benefit. We're hoping a lot of people come out. All proceeds go to Tracy, helping out in his uh, his condition. I also have uh, some seminars coming up too. Um, Fantasy Camp, February 22nd for the JPWA. You can go to our website for all that information. Fill out an application, and um, we'll have a lot of fun. Then I have course 
uh, on March 7th in Jeffersonville, Indiana for the uh, for Ian Rotten. Um, you can check them out as well, IWA. And uh, I thank you for right now. That's that's about it. As we get in the summertime, I have some summertime stuff, but we don't have to run everything down right now. We can get as we get closer, we'll certainly go over that. I'm sure. Absolutely. And Dr. Tom, if anybody needs, you know, out there needs really good professional training, why not go to the guy that trained Vincent Kennedy McMahon, The Rock, Shane McMahon, and, and the list of others. Got to go to JPWA, especially Dr. Tom, right? I mean, there's nobody better than that. Well, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, I think there's a lot of great trainers out there, and it's all what fits your needs. And um, I can't say that uh, I'm better than anybody else, but the people who train with me can. So uh, you, you you got some guys out there who, who approach this uh, in their way. I approach it in my way, but the only way does not exist. So you have to find what fits you, what fits your goals, and uh, what you're comfortable and happy doing. So uh, while this this year we're, we're looking at revamping our business model to where uh, everybody gets the benefit uh, of what what they're looking for and, and accomplishes what they want to do, listen, we know not everybody who comes to wrestling school is going to be a major WWE or, or a major company star. We get that. But what are you coming to wrestling school for? Do you want to have a couple matches? Just Do you just want to feel it, taste it uh, on the independent level and have fun? Okay, great. Uh, then do you really want to what, – what do you want to do? And that's, that's how you have to look at this thing. I, I would advise anyone – before you go to any wrestling school, JPWA included, do your research, do your background uh, history and, and due diligence. Just find out where the trainers have been, um, uh, who's come from their school, have they had any success rate, what, what's, what's the facts? And you got some really good schools out there. You got Ricky Morton, Hall of Famer, Rock and Roll Express. My God, man, still going strong. Uh, you got Danny Cage with the Monster Factory. And I, I, I plug these other guys because I believe Rudy Gonzalez in San Antonio. I believe if we get the business uh, um, fortified back with some of these guys who understand what working is and what it should be. Uh, without it, I'm not saying we can go back to the 60s or 70s and have those style matches, but what I'm saying is we can teach the guys that when you lock up, you do it this way. When you wrestle, when you take your time, you do it this way. Um, and it will get, get around again, hopefully, because if you don't have a foundation and you don't know the basics and fundamentals, you will crumble. You won't know where to go. You'll get lost. You you'll you may last a, a couple of years. You'll be a flashing pan. That's fine. That's great if that's what you want to do. But if you want some longevity, you need to have something to build it on and have a sturdy foundation. And that's what we're trying to do. I know that's what Rudy does. I know that's what Ricky does, Danny, and uh, anybody else that I've talked to and recommend as, as a trainer. Um, all the guys that I know that I do uh, seminars with, we all have the same philosophy. We're going to tell it. You, you need to have a story. You need to know how to tell a story. 
Yes, you need excitement. Yes, you need high spots. Yes, you need to have those guys. Um, but you you can't run if you don't know how to crawl. So let's crawl, and then let's walk, and then let's get in a match, and let's tell a story. Do the stuff you can do well, and um, then work on the stuff that you really want to do. So uh, that's that's kind of our philosophy, and that's that's why when uh, people say, God, dog, it's, it's great, and you're great, I appreciate that. I really do. But come find out for yourself, and come find out if it's true or not. And uh, I don't think you'd be disappointed if you do. JPWA, uh, we've had we've had a lot of people in classes, and then we've had few people in classes. But the good thing is we have a, a crew of guys over the last year that still want to come back and are getting booked around here and have been on Raw and have been on SmackDown's extras. And they've got a taste of it and found out, oh, wait a minute, this is a real deal. We can actually uh, – we can go – as far as we want, and it's all up to us. That's what that's what they know. That's what they've been told, and that's what they're aiming for right now. They're finding their way. So if we get enough trainers and people who communicate and um, get the same ideas out there, maybe it'll permeate, and maybe it'll go back to. Um, I, I I don't want to say you know a different. Let's say a different way of uh, working or moving or, or, or doing business. I don't know. May may not, but it's, it'll take a while. I know that. But we, can, we can't do anything if we do nothing. That is a great point and great training advice from Dr. Tom, one of the best trainers out there, one of the greatest trainers of all time. And, of course, you can hear that every week when you listen to Taking You to School with Dr. Tom Pritchard. See you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com two-man power trip where the power lies brother lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.